If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times, my friends. It is, if you are still treating your travel career the same as you were treating your pre-travel career, I think you're making a mistake. This is very, very different. You are now a traveling healthcare professional. On today's episode of Travel Evolve, we're going to talk about how to create a business mindset as a traveler. This is a totally separate deal now. This is now a traveling career, which I'm going to teach you today how that is totally separate. If you get the right mind frame and you create that business mindset, it's going to take you a long, long way on today's episode of Travel Evolved. This is Travel Evolved. I'm Mark Holloway. Super, super excited to be with you today. Thank you guys so much. I want to throw out some things like I always do at the very beginning of our episode sometimes. Sometimes I do at the end. But I want to thank everybody for the incredible surge, if you will, of viewers, subscribers on both the YouTube channel and on the podcast platform. I can't always tell. I can see how many people are looking on different platforms. But I get a, a kind of a... A, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I get a culmination of all the different platforms that tell me how many people are actually subscribing to it, which is huge. On the YouTube channel, I can tell right off the get-go how many people subscribe to it, and I've watched that go. You know, We're over 200 people now, which is great, and um, this is of the recording of this episode. Hopefully that will stand the test of time, but a whole bunch of people are jumping on the YouTube channel subscribing to that, so I really can't thank you enough. I know a lot of it's being directed from some of my good friends, some of you out there, some of my travelers that have talked to me personally, that have really bought into what we're trying to accomplish on Travel Evolved. And as you guys know, the idea is we're trying to accomplish uh, an involvement, if you will, of the travel experience. And I think a lot of it has to do with having people from my side of the desk being upfront and honest about what's really happening. I just don't understand this mentality, and I'll say it again, of why things have to be so secretive in our industry. And I, and I, I understand what it is. It is because, again, I'll say this again, I've said this a bunch of times, agencies don't want you to know what they're making because they're ashamed or embarrassed of it. It's too much. Otherwise, they'd be telling you pretty openly, here's what we're making. There is a reasonable amount of money agencies make because we are a necessary cog in this cycle. However, it should be within reason. And I've said repeatedly, I've watched that reasonable amount in 21 years now grow to be completely unreasonable for what it is that we do. And I'm the first person that's going to openly say that what we do should not be at a 26% margin. That is too much money for basically floating payroll for six weeks. So anyway, that's the whole concept behind Travel Evolve. So thank you guys immensely for your, I guess, new listenership, your new viewership, whatever we're going to call that. I'm going to do the best I can to continue to give you guys the full everything I can from this side of the desk, which means no holes barred, truth, 
transparency about our side of the industry. And again, like episodes like today, I'm going to try to throw some at least 21 years of experience in the industry of some things that I believe, again, my opinion on a lot of stuff, that I think will really help you become an amazing traveler to evolve your travel game to another level because that's what I want to talk about. And today, for sure, creating a business mindset that is absolutely 100% about changing your mentality as to what you're doing. This is no longer a job. If you had a job as a healthcare provider at a facility, think about that as being over now. Now you are moving into your own little mini business. And that's what today's episode is really all about. This is going to, we're going to create a business mindset for you today because I think it's going to allow you guys to be more financially successful. Yes, today is a lot more about money and financing, but it's about personal financing. It's about making the most out of being a traveler. Forget today about all the other wonderful reasons that you want to travel. And today we're going to focus on maximizing the earning potential. And I'm going to show you how to do that by, again, creating that business mindset and thinking about this as a business. First and foremost, let's just jump right into this one because I'm excited about it. First and foremost, this is a new career for you. I want you to think about that. Like I said, if you're brand new, thinking about being a traveler, great. If you know someone it is, share this episode with them. You can do that really easily on YouTube, especially through any kind of media. You can send them the links through Messenger. You can do it through Facebook, you name it. But today, for the, even you veteran travelers that have been doing this for 10, 15, 20 years, this, I want you to think of this moment as you are now in a new career. We're going to change your mentality. You're not just taking your, your health care and your practice and taking it on the road, this is a whole new business model for you. So first and foremost, the thing I think I want to tell you about is that I want you to treat it that way. I want you to consider that what you know as far as what you've been doing, let that all go away. Today we're going to focus on a little bit of a, again, just you know, business 101, really. And remember, I, I said I went to Florida State, so take that for what it's worth. It, is, it was, after all, Florida State. We're not talking about Harvard or Yale or anything, right? But I love this concept. And it's a concept that's been it's relatively new in my mindset. And the more I've been thinking about it over the last year or so, the more I'm like, I really want to talk about this as an episode. So first and foremost, I want you guys to commit that you're going to have to understand the numbers from the business side of things, which means you have to understand how agencies are paid and how agencies then turn around, carve out their expenses, carve out their own profit, and then, in fact, decide how much and how they're going to pay you. That's a commitment you have to make. If you're going to be a traveler, the first thing you have to decide is, I'm going to delve into as much as I possibly can find and listen to and learn about the concept of how it is that agencies make their money. How can you do your job effectively if you don't know how, in fact, an agency gets paid? Once you guys find that out, you're going to find it very eye-opening. There's going to be a lot of things that you think about that are going to be incorrect. You might think that agencies make a lot more money than they do. You might think that they make less than what they do. But after today, I'm hoping that you really get a good idea of understanding. Now, I can't go into all of the ways that agencies pay you on one episode. So I'm going to give you a little teaser and a little bit of a, of a, a hopefully, uh, if you haven't subscribed to our stuff, do because... Over time, I think relatively soon, I've got a whole bunch of episodes that are going to be focusing on exactly how agencies make money and breaking down margins, breaking down pay rates, breaking down showing you how the vendors pay us, how the hospitals pay us. But for today, I guess I really wanted to get you guys to say, I'm going to commit 
whether it's by watching me or listening to me, by going out onto Facebook and getting a bunch of good information, not just hearsay from some other travelers or some from some recruiters. I'm going to get a lot of information so I can start to trust and verify that that information is true, including what I'm going to tell you today and what I'm going to learn from me. But the idea is I want that commitment because you have to. You guys, it's like when you decided to become a healthcare professional, you didn't just kind of do it. You had to learn your whatever it is your specialty is, whatever area of field that you practice in, you had to jump into that with both feet and you would not be taking care of a, of a patient one way or the other unless you were confident that you knew everything that can happen or you had people around you that would be able to help you with anything that could happen during that patient. The same thing applies to being a traveler. Why you would jump in without saying, I want to make sure I've surrounded myself with as much knowledge as I can so that I'm better prepared for negotiations with contracts, for making good decisions on where you want to go, when you want to go, where you want to go. I'm talking about supply and demand. I'm talking about every aspect, seasonality, and definitely the stuff that comes from the business angle. So that's what I'm asking for you at the beginning of this episode. I really want you to commit that you are going to at least do your absolute best for the next how many years to understand how agencies function. And I'm going to do my best, by the way, to give you as much information, trust me, more than you probably even wanted to know about how that works. So I want the commitment today. That's what I think you should do. I shouldn't say I want it. You want that commitment from yourself. It is not difficult. The things we're talking about, things I'm going to talk about you know, during the course of this podcast, this YouTube channel, are really simplistic stuff. Anybody that's been on this side of the industry can tell you the numbers that we work with and the way that we work with them are relatively easy. I've said it many times. This is arithmetic. It's not algebra. I almost said that backwards. It's arithmetic. It is simple, simple stuff. Yeah, there's some little curveballs in there, but even those curveballs are simple. You're really you're talking about a piece of pie. You're talking about I'm sorry, you're talking about pie and slices of that pie and how it works out. I've said that before. This is pretty basic math stuff. So first of all, don't let the thought that this is complicated intimidate you. It isn't complicated. None of this is complicated. Trust me. Florida State, and I can tell you this stuff backwards, forwards, you know, one way or the other. This is not complicated stuff. Okay, so we're going to commit to that. I want you guys to think in terms of I am now going to start my own small little business in which I am going to be the sole generator of revenue, but I'm going to treat this as if like like you would with any business. And let's walk through what that means. You're going to have revenue. In some business that's called sales, but you're going to be looking at the money in which you're making. That is your revenue stream. There is a, there is a, it's coming from one place. Maybe it's multiple assignments. Who knows? Maybe one of these people actually does more than one assignment at one given point. Maybe you work per diem while you're on an assignment. All those things that I'm going to pretend I don't hear you're doing, whatever the case may be, is you have a source and a stream of revenue, right? That is what you're looking at. That is your working capital. Obviously, from there, you're going to have what's called your cost of goods sold. What does it cost you to maintain the ability to, to get that revenue? In other words, how much does it cost if you have to pay for licensures? Does your agency pay for that? How much does it cost to stay certified? What would be the cost of investing more potentially licensed if you're like an RN, for example? What's the cost and what's the return on that investment? What does it cost me to make sure I'm staying healthy and that I've got uh, all the certifications that show I'm healthy, whether it be physicals, all that stuff? In other words, those are all what I would say are your cost of goods sold. Those are things that you have to maintain, licensure, CUIs, all that fun stuff that you name it, 
certifications, if you're allied and all that fun stuff, in order to be able to do this job. That is, that is part of it. Then you're going to have what I would call your operating expenses, right? Which are all the things that are going to cost you, whether it be your housing, you know, to and from the assignment, your your uh, eating while you're on the road, gas, maintenance of your car, scrubs, all that stuff, right? Well, I'm going to consider those your operating expenses. And hopefully, you've got your revenue, you've got your cost of goods sold, you've got your what's called a gross revenue, which means what's the difference between those two, and that better be a positive number. <laughs> and then you've got all your operating expenses that are going to happen to you on your assignment. And the bottom line is what's left is going to be your net income. And that's what we're trying to be focusing on today. That's the way I want you to consider this as we move into today's discussion. I hope that makes sense. I know I'm talking kind of quick today, but uh, and I've been talking a lot, so my voice is a little rough because I've been literally on the phone and on Zoom calls and in front of people all day long. So it's one of those things. So anyway, I want you to think of that. I want you to think in terms of profit and loss for today's episode. Because really and truly, I get a lot of you guys are not necessarily doing this for the bottom line. But I've been doing this for 21 years. And the more I talk to many of you, the more I realize that's what you say. But as we start talking, money has to come into play at some point. I don't really know many travelers that don't care about the money. It's all about the location. Or it's all about you know taking care of the community. I, I know that's, those are good things to say. But at some point, your worth to yourself has to come into play. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about that. So I want you to truly, truly think in terms of profit and loss. Because as a traveler, we, you know, when I say we, you guys have a ton of risks. All those risks factor into your ability to potentially have some bigger losses, right? And that we have to weigh those against what are the gains on the profit side to outweigh, hopefully, what is those rare times when you actually you know, lose some money here and there, which we're going to talk about repeatedly on this episode, right? I almost made a note on that. I want you to think in those terms. So going back again is that we're really going to focus, you know, on let's, I guess we'll start, let's start talking about revenue, okay? First and foremost, revenue is important. In other words, how much money you're making on an assignment is incredible. You're trying to maximize your profit. If you're not making that much money, it really hurts any expenses that you have become a little bit more magnified if your revenue stream, in this case, the amount you're hourly making or the total amount of compensation for your assignment, the less that is, the more that expense impacts your both your top and your bottom line. So you want to be really careful. So let's first talk a little bit about making as much money as possible, which again, if you've listened to any episode I'm going to do, and if you subscribe to this, trust me, you're going to have dozens and dozens of episodes coming up that are all about maximizing your profit. In other words, making as much money as possible. So let's talk about that. First and foremost, you guys are in charge. Never let a recruiter talk you into assignment if it doesn't pay what it's going to pay. And I don't really have to tell you that because most of you guys are, I see it all the time, you guys are really have gotten very, very good at demanding appropriate wages for location and hospital reputation danger, acuity, all that kind of stuff that's happening in the last little while. You guys have gotten very, very good at under, and understanding and knowing what is reasonable and what is unreasonable. And I will tell you right now, uh, because obviously it's it's we're jumping into the summer, it is, I guess, common. I have seen some incredibly unreasonable bill rates, which for any agency translate to unreasonably low Pay rates, and I say unreasonable. I'm talking about the low end of the bill rate, which means there are some unreasonable pay rates. I've seen 
I just saw some positions in Florida recently for LPNs, and I'm like, the bill rate was so low. I want to say it was in the 40s that there's no way I would even have the good conscience to be able to tell an LPN what that would actually pay. And I always say, don't shoot the messenger, because I do know that most companies are getting the same rate, but what they're probably hoping for is somebody local to be able to go out and actually find that position and get that position for you. So that's where you, that, that, that is coming from. It is a a hope and attempt to try to get you at the least amount of money as possible. And you're not going to fall for that, are you? You guys are going to be smart and do it the right way. Okay. But obviously, as supply and demand goes, that's going to take care of itself naturally. But you guys have at least learned what a reasonable amount of, of money is, right? That's really, really important. There are a whole bunch of things that jump into that. First and foremost, and I guess what we'll spend a little bit of time here today talking about a lot of it comes down to, of course, as always, what each agency is going to pay you for each position. So like I said before, this is the most interesting and ironic business in the world and that we all have the exact same inventory. Imagine, like I've always said, and I always maybe I should come up with a different scenario, but if you go to buy a car, whatever car it is, like I've said before, let's say you're going to buy a Volvo, right? Volvos are about the same price in every, you know, every dealership in any given town. I would imagine, I don't know that much about the car business, but I would imagine if you go to a town maybe five, six hours away and the cost of living is much higher, much lower, there's a chance that that car price might slightly fluctuate higher or lower as well. Certainly, if you were to go to a you know, if you live in the middle of the country and you were to go to New York City or you were to go to the Bay Area of California, I would think I'd be pretty comfortable saying you'd probably pay more for a car there than you would in the middle of, of let's say, Iowa, right? That's just a, a real thing. So what I'm getting at in this is that we all have the same facility. Typically, and almost all the time, and don't let a recruit tell you differently, most of us are all dealing with the same bill rate that we get from that facility. Yes, there's a vendor involved, and there's things we'll talk about in future episodes, but we're playing on a level playing field on what we're able to bill them for every single hour that you, as a traveler, work for us at that facility, which means the only differences between one agency's pay and another agency's pay is how much money they're keeping. <laughs> I feel like I'm selling a broken record. I know I haven't done a lot of this on Travel Evolve. I've done a lot of this a lot in the last couple of years, so it feels to me like you guys have heard this before, but some of you have not. So what I'm getting at is how much an agency is keeping of that bill rate is a direct relationship with how much money you are not going to get. If they're keeping more, you're making less. If they're very you know, good with their margin, have a thin margin, a small margin, they're keeping less, you will make more. Because the only other factors that are involved in this are, in fact, how much your taxable dollars are going to be taxed and how much of that is going to go to Uncle Sam by the agency, not by you personally. I'm talking about the agency's contribution to that. And how much there might be of a fee for that agency to have that contract through what's called a vendor. Not to get into too much detail. Those are the only four pieces of the pie that I know of. I've been doing this for 21 years. Yes, there are onboarding and costs like that, but I'm talking about the nuts and bolts of it are what's the bill rate? How much does Uncle Sam get of your taxable income? Is there a small fee or is it a direct bill where there is no fee from, for a vendor? And then the only two pieces of the pie that are left is how much is the agency making and therefore how much is left for you, which means 
We all have the same bill rate, and the difference between pay rates is only about how much money is a company making, which means you guys have the choice to say, that company is not paying me enough for this said job. There's 200 companies, maybe more, that have the exact same position, the exact, I mean, literally the same position at the same facility. It is the same job number that is being advertised to 200 companies. So my question to you is, if a company is paying a dollar less than another company, why would you take that assignment to the company that's paying a buck less? For those of you that are working 12-hour shifts, that's $36 a week. For those of you that are making you know, working 40-hour shifts, that's 40 bucks a week. Last time I checked, just that alone is over is close to or over slightly up to or close to 500 bucks every 13 weeks, which is close to $2,000 a year just for $1 an hour and only working minimum shifts. You work more than 36, you work more than 40. <laughs> Different episodes, we'll talk about that down the road. You guys get what I'm saying here? The choice in which the agency that you're taking the assignment through is a big deal. Just minimally, one buck is $2,000 a year. Now, I get it. Over the course of the year, that's not that much money. We're only talking about 36 bucks a week, Mark. If you've got two grand that you want to give up because you like your recruiter over another recruiter, I'll take it. I'll pay you, you know, I mean, that's if, if I'll hire the best recruiter on the planet, the nicest guy on the ground in the world, because if you're going to give me two grand because you like that recruiter more than the other recruiter, I will, I will do that. I will find somebody that is that good at convincing you to go to work for me that you're going to give away two grand. Because if I've got a hundred of you, that's quite a bit of money. Do the math, right? Two grand a year times a hundred, two grand a year times 2000 travelers, just on a bare minimum alone. Do you guys get where I'm going with this? I feel like I'm I'm rushing through it because I'm frustrated because it feels like I've said this a thousand times, but the company in which you're choosing to take this assignment through is really, really important. It's a lot of money. And if you do that for 10 years, if you do that for five years, we're talking about a huge amount of money. Five years, you're talking about $10,000. $10,000 more you could have put toward your purchase of your home or buying off your home. Or you could have you know, lived in a nicer hotel if you want to. I'm going to teach you not to do that down the road here in this episode. But you guys get what I'm saying? The agency and the margin in which that agency operates under is a big deal. And I've been told by people before, I don't really care what the agency's making. I'm, it's only, I just care about what I'm making. It's not important to me what an agency's making. Really? You clearly are, have not committed. My first point was my first point today, ladies and gentlemen. My first point was you must commit to understanding how agencies pay, how agencies make money, and how they generate their revenue. Right now, if you're telling me you don't care how much an agency makes, you are screaming that you truly have not committed to understanding this business, which is the business you are now in as a traveler. I hope I'm making myself clear. I seem really nasty and mean today, but I'm just. I want this to really resonate with those of you that have not heard me before. This is important stuff. And that little piece alone can be important. We're only talking about two grand at a minimum, but you and I both know that over time, it's not usually a buck an hour. It's a lot more than a buck an hour. Typically, it's $2, $3, sometimes $5 an hour. So do the math. You could be walking away from 10 dollars a year just by the choice in which the agency that you're taking a job through. So be careful. I'm not promoting a certain company. Just hear me out. I'm just telling you, 
shop around. You've chosen the assignment. You maybe you've chosen location. Maybe it's different hospitals. But once you start dealing with the same hospital, most of us companies will tell you this is XYZ hospital in XYZ city. So you now know if they're not telling you, there's something wrong right there. But most of us agents will tell you this is this is St. Anthony's Hospital in this in this town. Great, and it's. It's a, see, it's a 7P to 7A med surge job? Great. Okay, I'm dealing with the same job, and four different companies have it. Let me get four different compensation packages, four different pay packages. I'm going to go with the one that pays me the most for the exact same job. Color me reactionary. Say I'm silly, but I cannot understand for the life of me why you wouldn't. Unless this company that pays the most is horrible, and they've got other issues that, that would leave you to not want to work with them. If it's if maybe they don't have insurance, maybe they don't offer anything, maybe the recruiter is terrible, maybe their owner is a bad person, bad girl, bad guy, whatever the case may be. Other than that, please tell me why you wouldn't. I, you guys have to start doing this because pretty soon the agencies will start to, for, comp- for competition reasons, they're going to want to start paying you more. That's the whole way you change the industry. So number one, number one A++ is Choose the proper agency. In order to generate the most revenue, choose the agency uh, that's going to pay the most, right? It's pretty simple. That's how the number one way to put more money in your pocket, to start that revenue stream at a high, high rate, okay? Number two, obviously, it's going to also be the assignment. Once you've chosen a company, you've found one that you trust, you found one that consistently pays higher than the other ones, great. You got your company. Now it really is going to come down to making some good choices as to the assignment which you take. We'll talk about this again in some future episodes, but number one is that you may not always get the greatest assignment. Again, you guys have a choice. I'm not telling you to follow this verbatim, but if you want to create a lot of revenue, you may have to take some assignments that aren't perfect, which means you might have to go to some really cold, desolate places in the dead of winter. You may have to go to some super hot, muggy places in the summer. You may have to go to some some hospitals that have a bad reputation. You may have to go to some locations that year-round are boring or unattractive. There's nothing to do. They're, you, know, you name it. If you're looking to treat this like a business, that stuff becomes less important. What becomes more important is how much money am I making hourly, right? Within reason. Again, I'm not telling you guys to put your license online. I'm also you know, telling you you've got to weigh everything. If you're going to be miserable, that's not worth it to me. But again... Today's discussion, we're strictly and only talking about treating this like a business because I think it will help you. So what I'm getting at is if you're going to treat this like a business, if if you were running a business and you were your own CEO, you would be telling yourself, I need to go after what product or what, what, I guess, revenue and what way I can make the most money. This is it. So for today's discussion, the way you make the most money is you take the assignments that other people don't want to. Right, you're not going to take the, the middle of Hawaii that doesn't pay anything more. You're not going to go to the, you know a beach anywhere in the U.S. Typically that doesn't have a, tr- a trouble or a problem attracting travelers where their rates are low. You're going to want to go where you make a lot of money. You're going to want to go where there's overtime. Is another thing I want to bring up. Ask that question on the interview. My advice is not to have it be the first thing that comes out of your mouth. You're going to scare that manager away that this person is only interested in money. But as you start to develop rapport with that person as you're interviewing for those five minutes or 15 minutes, maybe a half an hour if you're lucky, as you're doing your interview, I think it's appropriate to say, hey, by the way, do you ever offer overtime? Is that an option for me if someone's sick, someone calls in? Do you look to your traveler as a relatively affordable way to handle some overtime in the event that you are short-staffed, someone calls in sick, is that a possibility? And then you're going to have to use your best judgment to find out if you're being told an honest answer. 
I can't help you with that one on today's episode. But you're looking for that. You want to work overtime. If that's possible, you could even sneak in holiday questions. Do you typically have travelers stay home on holidays because you're worried about that extra 10 bucks an hour that you're paying us, that you're being billed? Or do you actually provide housing, I'm sorry, housing, holiday options for your traveler for those, for those times when there's holidays. We've got some coming up. We've got, obviously, we just have Memorial Day. We've got Fourth of July coming up. What are my options there? These are important questions. Again, you're trying to look at how do I make the most money? Do I have? Can I go for an assignment that is a 48-hour guarantee every week? I understand that there is a price to pay for working 48 hours a week. Okay, great. But can I work those hours and still maintain sanity, but maximize my revenue stream to the best of my ability. That's what you're looking at. You're looking at right now doing everything you can to increase the revenue that is coming into your business, which is, in fact, your bank account. Does that all make sense? There's a lot more that in there. You're going to learn more as you continue down the road with this on Travel Evolved, but just I want you to think about it that way. If you're looking at this with a business mindset, all you care about is, I want to produce as much revenue stream as I can obviously within reason, obviously with safety to yourself, safety to the patients, all that stuff. You don't want to be miserable. You don't want to go to an assignment and be so unhappy because it's so cold or so out of the realm of things that you're finding are comfortable with you because you just chase the dollars. It's tough. But again, for today's discussion, we're simply you know looking hypothetically at how do I create the most revenue possible. Okay. Obviously, the opposite, opposite. my job as a CEO is to do that. I am supposed to create as much revenue as I can at the same time, my job is also to minimize my operating expenses. I am trying to see how little I can pay for rent, how little I can pay for insurance. You know, I'm talking about professional general liability, that sort of thing. How little I can pay for, uh, like I said, for credentialing, background checks. My goal is always to keep pushing our expenses down per traveler without compromising the quality of, of what I, whatever that happens that expense happens to be. It's constant. In other words, if a, if a recruiter has a, is working and he or she's not pulling his or her weight, my job is to fire them. If I've got someone who is taking 20,000 smoke breaks a day and they're a credentialing person, they're never in their office, my job is to let them go. My job is to try to negotiate better deals with background checks, right? You've got to start thinking about this in the same light. Your goal is to really minimize your expenses. It's one thing to make a whole bunch of money, but if you're going to spend it all, what's the point, right? So what are we talking about? We're talking about things like, again, I'm going to classify this as if this is your operating expenses. First of all, for one of the most expensive places, obviously, is where you're living. There is a huge opportunity for you there to minimize your expense. Again, I understand some of you that's really important, but for your level of comfort, my suggestion is to push the quality of your living expense down as much as possible within reason and within safety so that you can not be spending as much of your paycheck on where you're staying. If you happen to be fortunate enough that you're doing a what we call a local type contract and you're and you're driving, if you can find a cheap hotel to stay at a couple nights and go back and forth during that block scheduling, I would recommend doing that. But certainly for those of you travelers that love to stay in the posh hoity toity places, you're gonna chew up a lot of your bottom line through your operating expense of where you're living. It is the number one place that I believe you can reduce your cost and put more money, or I should say really keep more money in your business, which is in fact your bank account. So look at that. 
Obviously, incidentals, which I'm talking about, primarily food is a big thing with me. For anybody that's ever listening, I do. I'm a big believer in meal prepping for health reasons, but also for cost. Guys, eating out anymore is ridiculous. When's the last time? I mean, I've got kids. Let me tell you the last time I went through a drive-thru. Oh, my gosh. I was blown away at how much, I won't mention any of their names, but how much a meal for one of my teen, well, of course, she's a teenage boy. My daughter's in college now, so I don't have to pay for her stuff. She's on her own. She's doing her own food out there. She's got to set her own budget. When I go take my son, of course, he's, he's like I said, he's, he's a high school kid, so he eats like a horse. I was blown away. I'm like, that was how much? I have to go back and go get some more money to, you know, to go out and get him a drink. It's ridiculous. That is incredibly expensive, especially for the crap that you're buying that you're putting in your body. Another episode, another day. But eating out, I don't care if you're going down to the cafeteria in the, in the in the facility. Certainly, I understand that you have limitations to you can't buy bulk sometimes because you're staying in an Airbnb or you might even be in a hotel. There are limitations to what you can do, but you still can reduce the amount of time that you purchase food for a one-time meal, if that makes sense. you We all know it's cheaper to buy five chicken breasts at a grocery store and throw some in the freezer than it is to go out and buy a chicken meal (laughs) every time you have to eat. It's just common sense. So I believe food costs and costs associated with food, you know, going to the, the, you know, again, I won't mention that the chain coffee places, holy cow. Guys, coffee's coffee. Again, if you treat this like this is your business, you start looking at what you're spending to go get your, your caramel drink every day, you could do better. You can put literally some caramel syrup in your own coffee and save money. Again, I'm not trying to be a cheapskate. What I'm trying to say is this is a business. And when you're on the road, I want you to treat it like every time you spend something unnecessarily, if you were your own CEO, which is the way I want you to think about it, you'd be kicking your own rear end saying, why did you go out and spend that money? You didn't need that. You didn't need to go down and eat that. You need to start working on your operating expenses. So look at that. Finally on this topic, I want to talk a little bit about the actual cost of living in that assignment. I mentioned a few minutes ago that you want to go for high-paying assignments, but not if the cost of living is equally as high, if that makes sense. This is a really big wrinkle in choosing your assignment. If you're spending all kinds of money because there's no housing or because the cost of living is ridiculously high, you just squandered that really high hourly compensation that you had. What you're really hoping for, and this is why just a high bill rate, just I should say just a high pay rate, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have a good bottom line. So consider that. I've got some travelers that are that work for me that they're really got knowledgeable and really good at this about saying, yeah, and sometimes I tell assignments guys, hear this, sometimes a reasonably well-paying assignment in, let's just say, the southeast part of the United States, let's just talk, let's say Tennessee or Georgia, where the housing costs are very affordable, there's a bigger disparagement between your revenue and your expense. It actually makes more sense than going to, let's say, Miami, Florida, or I'm trying to think of someplace else that's close that would be high. Maybe Nashville, Tennessee, where you might be paying more for housing than you might be in the middle of a smaller town in Tennessee, Smyrna, Tennessee, or somewhere like that. I'm probably not pronouncing that name right. You guys get where I'm going with this? Don't just arbitrarily jump in and say, I'm going to pass on an assignment because it doesn't look like the gross you know, compensation makes sense. 
you might be walking away from an assignment that has like no cost associated with, with for housing or cost of living because you're not thinking about it. You're going, I'm not going to go to work for that. That's way too low. But it's in a town that has no cost associated with it. You just walked away from a really good profit center for you for those 13 weeks. And again, the same thing applies. If you're looking at just how much I'm going to make, you know, this much money, this I'm making three thousand dollars. Well, let's just take it back down to normal times. I'm making two grand or twenty-two hundred bucks. This is a good solid paying assignment. But then you find out your housing cost and your cost of living is ridiculously high. You're better off taking a, a seventeen hundred dollar assignment where there's no where there's no. And again, I'm using. Don't beat me up these numbers. I'm just using. I'm trying to use numbers that will, <laughs> that were pre-COVID. That will also translate to down the road when someone's listening to this. When who knows? But so I probably did a bad job of that. But you guys get the point I'm making. It's not always about what you're taking home, unless you consider what your expenses are going to be as associated with that. That's the real magical formula to maximizing that profit that you're going to generate and keeping those expenses down low on that given assignment. Okay, operating costs. I want to jump into operating costs for a minute. Let me rephrase that. I want to talk about opportunity costs, not operating costs. Opportunity costs. So what is an opportunity cost? An opportunity cost is a cost of something because you are waiting. It's, it's how much something costs you for not taking. You're missing out on the opportunity for not taking an assignment. That's what I'm talking about here. What an opportunity, I'm not explaining that very well. Opportunity costs are the cost because you are not working because you're waiting and you're missing out on it. Still not explaining that well. You guys get <laughs> I'm having a I'm struggling with that today. Look up opportunity cost. It is there's an expense to that. In other words, if you're waiting around for the perfect assignment, how much money are you walking away from every week because you're waiting for an assignment while you're missing out on making money that that week because you were too selective and you're waiting for the perfect assignment. That's what an opportunity cost is. You have actually cost yourself money because you didn't take something. So I want to really talk about that for a second. There are a lot of travelers that are waiting around that I've been, again, I've been doing this for a long time, that are looking for their choice A, and they're waiting, and they're waiting. And maybe a really good choice B has come up, but they've walked away and passed that because they just wanted to go here, or it just wasn't quite enough money. And either their ego or their said, I don't want to take that because I don't want to settle for that assignment, whether it be location, maybe it's a hospital system. And oftentimes it's because it just isn't quite up to their minimum expectations of how much they wanted to make weekly. What I'm trying to tell you without telling you how to, how to run your own business is consider how much it would co- might cost you for you to find that assignment that pays that 40, 50, maybe even 100 hours more a week that you're needing in order for you to feel comfortable. I'm not saying don't don't take that. I'm saying that how many weeks of not making that 100 bucks until you went, wow, I really I could have been making I might be making maybe your your minimum is 2500 and you found a bunch of 2400 hour positions and you're passing on them. You mean like you're walking away from 2400 bucks a week because you were too stubborn to take that. That's what I'm giving with this. Think about how much time in between assignments is appropriate for you. And start to really look at, I understand this is a business, but same token, I don't want to be out of work for more than, let's say, four or maybe six, who knows what your your magic number is, weeks an entire year. I want to take some time off between. Some of you crazy travelers, and you guys know who you are, and I love you for it, but holy cow, literally want to end an assignment on Saturday and start the next Monday, right? So you guys, there, you guys are out there too. So... Think about what is a reasonable amount of time. Look at your yearly budget and do a budget as a business mindset for this business of yours. 
how much time can I go have, have be for downtime? Is there time for me to not necessarily be working? What does that look like? How have I done so far on my bank account, my maximizing of my bottom line? Am I making enough money that if I have a I can wait and, and be a little bit more selective on that $100 I'm looking for. These are the kind of things you want to think about. So that's a big, big part of it. And obviously along those lines, this is a great opportunity for me to talk to you about the whoopses that happen. You guys take risks. That's why you travel. You make money, I should say, that's why you travel. Because there are risks involved. The whole idea is that you should be making so much money that you have the opportunity to not panic when an assignment gets terminated or ended, maybe someone screwed up. These things happen. Maybe you, you can't stand and you, you're ready to walk off an assignment. What if you're working for a place that's very seasonal and you, maybe you did or didn't know about it? Maybe you're going to tell you that they have the ability to terminate you based upon census increases and decreases primarily. These are the kind of things that you need to think about. I've always said you need to have a nest egg in the bank if you're going to be a traveler because anybody that's traveled for any, any length of time will tell you things happen. Companies screw up. You can screw up. Facilities certainly, you know, oftentimes can screw up. There are times when all of a sudden you'll find yourself going, I'm not going to have a paycheck next week. What do I have in my bank account for my business to make sure I can get by until I am actually gainfully employed and can get a paycheck, which we all know is oftentimes close to a two-week delay from starting. You have to work the week and then get paid the following Friday typically. So what do I have invested in the bank? This is part of your business bank account. Don't consider it as part of your account. Have a separate account for this. Pull money into your, into your personal account for you to be able to spend and go see a movie and do things that you want to do. But treat that account like it's a business. So it's a great opportunity for me to tell you that you should have money going into that business account for a rainy day because a rainy day is probably coming, whether you like it or not. And again, anybody that's traveled for any length of time will tell you this stuff happens. And you never can predict how you know how easy it's going to be for you to find your next assignment. And out of the blue, I've always said, you have a 13-week assignment, but you and I both know your guarantee literally is no more than tomorrow, and oftentimes in a travel assignment. And that's just the sad truth that you're going to hear from me, and nobody else inside a desk is going to tell you that. You guys live in a world in which you are the ones that are guaranteeing everything, and nobody is guaranteeing that for you. In other words, they will terminate you, they can fire you, they can they can low census you, they can come with a multitude of reasons that tomorrow you don't have a position. So think about that. Like I said at the very beginning of this episode, hopefully the positives Way outweigh those negatives and save that for a rainy day so that when it happens, you're prepared for it, right? That's all I'm, that's all I'm getting at in that, in that little snippet there. I want you to think about some other ways to start to increase your, your ability to earn money. And one of them is become more specialized. Again, I'm, I'm not talking just about nursing. I'm talking about allied as well. There are ways in which you can diversify yourself. You have more specialties than just the specialty in which you're working at now. What I'm getting at is if you are if you're working on imaging, there could be more machines and more different you could I mean who knows? You can start to get trained and cross-trained on other types of imaging. Obviously, if you're a if you're a nurse, you can start to learn and float into different areas. This makes you more marketable, which also means some of these specialties pay more, right? So there are specialties that have higher bill rates associated with them, which means they have higher pay rates. This is again any business is going to start thinking about how do we start to increase our net worth? In other words, how can we sell a higher product? Well, you are trying to sell yourself at a higher rate, which means think about 
your ability to start to diversify. If you're multiple, multi-specialized, you're more valuable as soon as you get the job over your competitors more. But again, start thinking about those specialties that you could potentially start to learn that typically have higher pay rates associated with them, which means obviously higher bill rates associated with them. It also gives you more opportunities so that those opportunity costs that you might be experiencing that are hitting you hard because you're out of work longer, you might have more options, which means you have shorter periods in between assignments in which you're going to be not working, which means more revenue stream year-round, right? That's what I'm going to say. And again, higher pay is a big, big part of this. So same thing kind of applies with credentials. Most of you listening to me in your field of work, there are things you can do that make you more marketable with regards to your specialty, your education, your certification, your CEU. There are a few I understand that aren't, but most of you listening to me have the ability to make yourself by investing a little bit of money. You can make a lot more money based upon how marketable you are and how hireable you are and how much more hireable you are than the competition, the other people that are listening to this or watching me on YouTube, right? It's a competition, guys. You guys are really out against each other, so you've got to figure out those things. Those little investments in yourself can pay off plentifully, easily. A whole bunch of stuff can, can, can come from you making more money because you have multiple specialties, you have multiple certifications, you become really, really strong in your field. I mean, this is, again, part of what we'll do an episode on traveler marketability, but that's a little sneak into it, right? Bottom line is I want you to keep, the whole idea of this is to keep as much money of yours in the bank. I want you to think about, really consider having a separate account that you get your pay through and pulling from that account into a personal account that you're using to pay your bills, your mortgage, your rent, you name it, your car payment, you're eating with it, you're going off and, and you are you know going to the movies, or you're getting your 5 or $8 cup of coffee, whatever it comes to, have that come from a different account that you are budgeting for. Because the idea is you shouldn't be spending every penny. You've got to start treating this like you've got to have that nest egg. So you've got to start looking at this as a, in a business mindset. You wouldn't spend every penny of your business, right? You have to, you, I mean, if you would, you wouldn't, you wouldn't remain in charge of that company very long. You've got to make sure you have a, an excess of money, which means keep a budget and stick to it. And if you are out of money that week, you say, I'm, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go. I, I'm not going to go to the movies. I'm not going to go get you know, go shopping. I'm not going to go, you know, have that cup of coffee this morning. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with my budget. You will go so far with this. It'll help you so, so immensely. You know, you've got to almost like, I would say you almost have to feel like as the CEO of your own business, you have to approve your own expenses and have that budget. And if you're okay, this assignment, I'm going to go and look and say, maybe I've got a little bit more money. I might approve a little bit more of a, of a discretionary budget because I, I've, I've got a bigger margin. I'm making more money. But boy, in this summit, I've got to be real tight because at the end of the year, you will thank yourself for planning and looking at this stuff. I, I hope this is all making sense to you guys. I just want you guys to think about a business mindset because this is your own little personal business. And not even that little, right? So I didn't mean to, I don't mean to have it sound like that. This is your own business. Treat it thusly, so to speak, right? Um, I, I, I do want to talk briefly and lastly about 1099s and, and forming your own corporations. Heady stuff, full episode stuff. And it's one that I, I am going to have an episode about this because I think it's really important to have the discussion. It is a little more complicated, but know that there are 
advantages to 1099ing yourself and, in fact, funneling stuff through a legal and proper corporation as a traveler. This is going to happen down the road. For those of you that are just subscribing to me, this is only episode number five. We're going to talk about this, but we got to get there first, which means this is a really good conversation for many of you. Some of you have even talked to me about this you know, when I was doing some other social media, and I said, it's coming. But I do want you to know that this is a really phenomenal way to maximize your own business mindset. But because we've gone a long time today, and I just wanted to throw it out there, being a 1099 employee and actually creating and forming your own corporation is a hell of an idea and one that we're going to talk about, but I'm probably going to bring a guest on, uh, somebody that's got a lot more credentials, certifications, and knowledge that we can maybe have a good conversation on, but it's coming. But know that that is something that I think is a really amazing idea. For those of you that are taking it to pro-level traveling, that's what we're talking about, right? Because it really does get that good. So, Guys, Again, I hope today's episode was was helpful to you. It is one of those that I just want to start getting you guys thinking. I, I really did carefully plan out the episodes that I was choosing the topic for. I've told you repeatedly that the guests that come on, I want them to choose their own episode. I'm trying to fold those in appropriately. But I do have a set kind of path that I'm trying to take you guys down. And I just want you to start thinking in terms that this is a separate thing that you've if you've never done this or even if you've been doing this for 20 years, I want you to start thinking about travel healthcare as a completely different avenue. And I want you to start thinking about this in terms that we talked about today. I really hope some of this hit home with some of you out there that this really is a really great opportunity to separate yourself from this business in which you've chosen to get to open up, so to speak. And that is exactly what you're doing. You're opening up a new business. So Guys, as always, I cannot thank you enough for your support. I can't thank you enough for motivating me to do this. I, I, this week was really one of those weeks where I got just tons and tons of, you know, of accolades and, and, and attaboys from you. And I, I, that goes a long way, and I'm very grateful for that. It gets me fired up. It gets me motivated to really delve in and do the best I can to start really working hard at finding some you know, really good topics that I think are really going to hit home. Got a plan. And I love incorporating some things into it. So, guys, as always, I can't thank you enough. I appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you for your support. And uh, we'll see you next time on Travel Evolved.